In the 21st century, the world searches for answers to the questions that really affect our lives. Does anyone know an anagram for gonad dream? To debate the topics that really matter. Star Trek is in a good place right now. Yeah, I can't agree with you on that one. And be brave enough to state the truth. Movies just don't end that way. Three men dare to face what others fear. James. Oh yeah, I, di- I didn't need that image. Jesse. Uh, I was thinking God or dog. Joe Ash. I want Stan Lee to be the one to wield the Infinity Gauntlet and destroy Thanos. If you hunger for knowledge, if you thirst for wisdom, if you're looking for a podcast that will make all your wildest dreams come true, you've come to the wrong place. You're listening to the Anti-Matter Hour. nothing and uh endorians for free and your treks for free yeah yeah you couldn't tell but we were bobbing our heads to that as one does we we yeah oh we 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 (laughs) we oh is that french like a (laughs) punching all right how's everyone doing Se- second place uh, trivia tonight. Doing pretty good that way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it took us four perfect rounds in a row. Just to get second place. Just so to get second place. Scratch and claw. Yep. But that's hey, that's that's the uh, that's the world we live in now. You really poor start to the trivia, though. If we had a little better start, like the first three rounds were kind of like... Yeah, the world we live in is one where there's a competitive competitor team filled with teachers that seems to dominate. that actually know stuff six teachers stupid teachers and they're knowing of things not only that but the i mean just in general the last few weeks trivia at the low road has become quite a bit more popular there was a there was a time where you know we'd be lucky if it was you know, enough teams to have a second place. Tonight there were 11 teams. Well, at the beginning, there were nine teams at the end. Whew. Mm. All right. So what are we drinking tonight? Well, this is the uh, Beer Noir from Degard Brewing. A wild ale aged in French oak punchons. Punchons? Punchons. Eh, Whatever. Uh, with wild or sorry, with black raspberries. So it's uh, raspberry uh, vinegar. It's kind of what it comes. Yeah, well, of course, you know. Apparently, there are health benefits to drinking apple cider vinegar every morning. So really, this is a this is a, a cleanse. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. With the power of black raspberries. Your can, colon shall be clean. He makes some pretty good, tasty stuff with uh, berries, but I'm not sure this is something that fits that description. Oh, man. Every time I take a sip, it just sends me into hyperdrive. You mean warp speed, right? 
I'm going plaid. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> uh, anything new for you guys this last week or a couple weeks? Uh, new fridge. Who dis? Oh, nice. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, the old refrigerator was sort of... Uh, mm, there's sort of some of the shelves and different things were on their... Uh, Last Death's legs. door, yeah. Yeah. Did you get one of those new fancy fridges that you can watch TV on or browse your social media uh, with or something? Not quite. Or uh, that uh, takes a snapshot of what you have in it and then tells Alexa what you need to buy at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. D- do you know what's in your fridge without bothering to open the door and, and waste energy? No, nah, it was too much. Uh, they had some interesting options. Like, we did do a bit of fridge shopping. And, I mean, they do have ones that, yeah, you knock twice and the door turns from from opaque to transparent. Like the seventy percent of the that door. sounds like witchcraft to me. Uh, you just <laughs> knock, knock, and then it just knock, knock, and the inside light turns on, and you can see in. Like it's uh, it's weird. I just, I just imagined Jamie at the store, at the appliance store when they did that, and he's like, witchcraft, yeah. witchcraft. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I totally would have set that fridge on fire. <laughs> there's also um, a few model. There's also a model now where, um, depending. You, how you grab the handle you either open the fridge and you're all the way inside the fridge or you open like a quasi door like the door opens in stages and oh, you're just accessing the inner shelves and like like some shelves and containers that could hold like beverages or like quick quick grab items where you don't want to open the entire door and let like the cold air out or whatever Huh. Probably, probably like an energy saving device, but sounds like some uh, kind of quantum fridge. Yeah, um, <laughs> like is the door like open, like or is it both open and closed? Right. It's yeah. uh, it's managed to crack superpositional. <laughs> we we elected for um, the French door style. Uh, uh, upper the upper portion is the refrigerator, and it's French door open. You know, you have two doors that open. Yeah, and then the bottom is a pull-out pull drawer out fri- with or like, freezer. Yeah, with like a massive like basin uh, yeah. in the bottom, and then like a shelf that pulls out like half height, and like the oh, shelf. Nice. The shelf is like it's closer to the so you don't have to stoop over as far, and you can fit like. Uh, I went to the store and bought a. They had a sale on the twenty-four pack of freezer waffles, and it's like it's a. It's like a. Oh, those are thick. Right. So they come in like the thick. The width of the package has like a narrow side, and then like it's a big like eight inch by eight inch square. Yeah. And you can stand it on its end and fit it on that like upper drawer shelf or whatever, huh. and still close and open. So like I, I'm, I don't even have to bend over to like pick up something out of the lower drawer of the fridge, because it's. Uh, it's just a. That's and nice. It's, it's big. That's what we wanted to do was get a big refrigerator, uh, because uh, um, we have these kids. Like you, you know how it is. Uh, you go to the store and you come back with, I don't know, a hundred and seventy dollars worth of groceries or something, and then, like it seems like fourteen hours later they've eaten every last bit of it. Like <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, so you need you need like calorie you know you need just somewhere to store calories in your house like <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah the old fridge wasn't cutting it the old fridge is now in the garage uh and i'm not sure what's going to happen with it. it it's plugged in right now and i don't know if we're going to continue using it for like overflow or or um beer or 
something like that. Something like beer. Yeah. C- create, no, I mean like something like storing like a kegerator or... I think that's uh, what yeah. we're having tonight is something like right. beer. Well, it certainly doesn't look like beer, that's for sure. Came out of a beer bottle, though. What do you, What about you, Jamie? How are you doing? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great. Uh, I mean, many, uh, many, many uh, interesting and and fascinating things happened to me this last week, but I don't really want to talk. About I them. I get it. I get it. You don't want to brag. Well, I mean, I, I'm just not sure what I can disclose at this point. Uh, oh. Some things are ongoing. C- contractually. NDAs, that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Oh, oh <laughs> well, I, I I, think I heard during the last debate that uh, Michael Bloomberg was going to release you from uh, from those in, that NDA. Isn't that what they uh, said? Well, I don't know, but I, I, I did I did <laughs> contribute to a, a presidential campaign, but it wasn't Bloomberg's. Yeah, there you go. Speaking of Bloomberg, um, am I the only one that feels a little upset that he hasn't yet offered? I mean, not that we would accept it, but he hasn't offered to have a paid sponsorship segment in our podcast because it seems like he's he's got paid ads pretty much everywhere else. Yeah, we're probably the only podcast that isn't advertising for him. <laughs> so we should probably stop talking about it. I guess so. Yeah, <sighs> I'm, I'm just uh, saving all the mailbox little postcards to you know for when times are lean and we need to like you know burn things for heat right (laughs) but but if uh if bloomberg happens to be listening to this then um you know send money negotiations are uh, possible send send money (laughs) we we have we do have some ad spots still available at this time but uh don't you know price to sell or price to Wait, what's that expression? Price to move? Yes. Yeah. We, we also have no uh, um, no disinformation or free speech policy. Uh, anything, <laughs> anything, anything goes. We have no policies whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> That's right. No ethics, no morals. So. Uh, <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Knee slapper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Uh, good good one, Jesse. Good joke there. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting because uh oh I, like I think I think I've scored maximum dad points with my eldest daughter because uh she is turning 16 years old this year. And her favorite band, BTS, is touring the United States. And so for her 16th birthday, well, I mean, it'll be her birthday present, but it won't be on her birthday. But for her birthday, um, I'm going to go with her down to Santa Clara to see BTS in Levi Stadium this coming April. Wow. That's exciting. That's it. Oh, is BTS uh, is that like a is that a like a, a K is it's a Psy, K- like a it's K-pop Gangnam Style they are they are <laughs> they are currently the most popular band in the world G- Gangnam Style I mean sorry <laughs> no I think I think it's more like uh, you take In Sync and you take uh, Backstreet Boys 
But you give them more international appeal. Yeah, pretty much. And then some other mystery stuff that I don't really give a crap about. And then, yeah, popular. They're all over the TV <clears throat> right now. Like they they released their one of their new songs from their new album on um, the Tonight Show a couple nights ago, and they did it. Uh, they did it in uh, in um. Oh, for crying out loud! Grand Central Station. Ooh. How many yeah. members of this group are there? I think there are seven. Nah, that's too many. Anyway, so you seem to know a lot about this uh, K-pop. Uh, she well, she's. I mean, you know, she's she's very much, you know, like she's she's got sweatshirts and she listens to all the songs. So I try to stay abreast of it because I like to know what my daughter's it, but, listening to. But which one like were that. you uh, singing in the car on the way over here? Um, "Boy with Love." That's the one I was singing on on in the car on the way over here. Very good choice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, there's there's no wrong choice. Yeah, with BTS. you can't go wrong. No wrong choice. So yeah, so that that was the big news for us. This will probably be one of the first like big concerts that I've ever been to. Do you do you anticipate having fun at this concert? I mean, I'll have fun because she's having fun. You know, I, I I sort of envision you going to this concert and 80 percent of the people there are not me are female. Oh, um, oh yeah. Will, will you be the oldest? Uh, OK, boomerist uh, uh, white dude there? <laughs> Boy, that's a good question. I don't know. Possibly. What you should do, Josh, is uh, when you go to this concert, um, you should either wear a bathrobe or your Chewbacca onesie. Well, te I guess technically it's in Santa Clara, so there will be a lot of tech uh, industry uh, folks there, too. Yeah. So Chewbacca is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, and wear your Chewbacca onesie. Yes. That will mean it's a safety thing. If you and your daughter get separated in the crowd, she'll know to look for the Chewbacca. I don't need to wear my Chewbacca onesie for her to go that route anyway. <laughs> Just look for the, just look for the slightly, uh, just look for the dad bod guy that looks like Laser Wolf from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> well, I just imagine that, uh, you know, a sea of, uh, you know, teenage, perhaps early twenties uh, women, uh, and then as things, you know, as the concert goes on, the tide sort of like pushes all of the. Uh, you know, all the dads and and and, and you know, the whatever all to the to the back to you know the chafe as it were right and so you'll be just hanging out in the in the back with all the other all all, all yeah. I have to do is just go <gasps> really really <laughs> really dumb but uh, at some point it's going to be a situation where our uh, kids generation uh, to find their parents in a public space it's just a version of the game Marco Polo where it's uh, <laughs> Okay, boomer. boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> Even though technically I'm not a boomer, but whatever. Right, we're we're uh, we're zennials, right? Okay, boomer. <laughs> we're I'm like. Are we zennials? I'm I'm like like, I think I'm considered technically Generation X. Right. That's. Uh, yes, I same here. But um, they created a new generation, a micro generation for. 
those who don't identify, like self-identify or uh, fit the archetype. If someone comes up to me and legitimately complains that they that they that they identify as a different generation, I I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I, I mean, look, you should scream at the top of your lungs. I think at them. I, I think I might. Isn't <laughs> isn't there a thing about gen, uh, Generation X is like a a disillusioned generation, like probably because the it's the, the Vietnam War opposed like the end of the Vietnam War generation. Well, not only that, but all of the all and of the, the stagflation of the <laughs> sorry all the wealth and the promise from the baby boomer generation that was given to them in the 1950s that essentially was wasted and kind of thrown away and anyway yeah i thought generation x uh, part of its definition was uh the internet was created during your childhood but not it didn't exist when you were a child i mean 1980 is the cutoff for generation x right you know what? I don't identify as Generation X. I identify as. I see. How do you spell that? Correctly. Mm. <laughs> but so, yeah. also, uh, also, there's no way I identify as a millennial either. Yeah, I couldn't do that because uh, I was around when there were the. Um. Oh, for crying out loud! What were they records? Called? The, the, well, those, but also the telephone oh. that you had to the rotary, rotary dial, dial rotary phones? dial yeah. phones. I don't think I could call myself just, a millennial. I just can't call myself a millennial because to me that carries that that's like a per, a per, pejorative uh, term. There's significant baggage that comes with that term. Yeah, nobody wants to be a millennial. Not, I mean. So yeah. so we get to be a zennial, which is uh, the brief. Crossover, uh, the if if you consider yourself a zennial, there's that, like the Wikipedia definition says that it's the micro generation encompassing the late 1970s and early 1980s. All right, AKA the greatest generation. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean they basically it's uh, I don't know what the other characteristics are, but it's basically it's the. Um, uh, first generation to get an email account. Uh, um, uh, the Nintendo, the original NES generation. Uh, um, I was just looking at this the other day because somebody asked me they weren't familiar with um, what it meant or hadn't heard of it. Uh, um, when a Nintendo was? Oh, so, uh, yeah, here it is. Xennials are described as having an analog childhood and digital adulthood. Which makes pretty good sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. I don't know where we're going with that, but... Well, now we know oh, who we are. It's also... Oh, the other one that ca you know uh, carves it out nicely is calling it the Oregon Trail Generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing you did at school when... You know, teachers just didn't want to bother yeah. with anything you else. You got dysentery. Yeah. Anyone anyone uh, older than me didn't have an, what was it, an, an Apple IIe. Yeah. Uh, and anyone younger than us had a Macintosh. Yep. The, the console, like, Macintosh or whatever it was. 
Yeah, the all in the first all in one Macintosh. Yeah. The three point five inch floppy drive. Yep. Well, the Apple II E's had the five and a quarter inch. Yeah. The true floppies. Well, n- not as floppy as the original floppies, which were like eight inches. Yeah. <laughs> Even like, uh, sort of like a quasi like parasol. <laughs> I I never understood why they s- continue to call the three and a quarter inch floppy. Because I think it's because the internal, the technology, internal technology was, was the still, same. Yeah. yeah and guess. it just came in a more durable package. Well, the interesting thing is that That's even what my wife said. <laughs> The interesting Congratulations. thing Congratulations. <laughs> that three and a quarter helpful. inch floppy disk is the, the universal symbol for save in this day and age, even now. Yeah. It's it's crazy to think oh, yeah. that like my kids look at that and they don't understand. They know that is the save like icon, but they don't understand the significance of well, kids what that kids these was. days don't even know what really a, what a disk is in reference to saving computer data. Yeah. It's all in the cloud these days. In fact, a lot of my kids don't even know what a CD is anymore. Those were great. Uh, I mean, there was a huge, like, just a huge incremental, like, benefit from CD technology, but CD-ROM technology. But those, the discs, I mean, they reached near, like, peak efficiency uh, for the design of the floppy disk because it came in that hard case, which was, you know, it was a smaller form factor, and it was stackable and... I mean, you could you could easily stack 14 of them up on a desk and you didn't have to worry it was going to, you know. And that happened because it took like 10 yeah, of them to right. install Windows 3.1. Good grief. I mean, did any of you guys have a zip drive? Oh, yes. Briefly. Yeah. That was a cool thing for a little while, too. Yeah. Maybe. 250 megabytes, I think. I think my first Two, one no, was 250 90. megabytes. I think my first one was 90 or something like that. The first, or 85. Um. Somebody uh, better check that. <laughs> I'll check that. Fact check. And then when they when CD-ROMs were not not brand new, but like maybe one generation oh, okay. in, they had the uh, the the writable ones. You can write them to one time, and then it was locked. And then they they also uh, this was this is uh, now we're in the uh, late nineties, I think, and this is the era. Didn't Netflix start around this time? Or was that after 2000? It was after Net- 2000. Netscape. Oh, Netflix. Oh, I thought you were uh, yeah, right. Netflix Sorry. was after 2000 because 2000 was right around when DVDs were becoming commercially viable. That's right. But there was also the the writable CD-ROM and the one-time-use CD-ROM. Well, there was writable and then there was rewritable. But there was also, you, like, if it got exposed to air, it would start decaying and degrading. And then, like, three days later, it would be useless CD-ROM. That oh didn't last gosh. very long. I did not. I, I don't didn't remember know that. about I didn't that, have one. that one. Yeah, I didn't have that one. Either. I think the intention of that technology, like uh, they, st- even now we have red boxes, yeah, where you can rent something. I think the intention was sort of like a precursor to the red oh. box of Netflix was you'd get the disc pre-burned with a movie, and no matter what you did, that thing would be useless in a few days. Just a, just a disposable piece of plastic to chuck in the garbage. Oh, great. Yep. Yeah. So the, um, I guess we were all kind of right. My first. I had the first zip drive. It was a hundred megabyte, uh, and then the next zip drive was two fifty, and their di- dying gasp was a seven hundred fifty megabyte zip drive, which uh, was probably obsolete when it was uh, by the time it was released. Yeah, to think of all the companies that use those things as uh, data backups for critical data, 
back in the days before the cloud. Just back it up into a zip drive. Yeah. Or even, I mean, even before there were, you know, your HD, DD, or HD, was it HDR? Your um, hard drives, your writable hard drives. I mean, the, the platters, or that you're talking about the... Um the uh, flash memory. The flash memory. The SSDs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Solid state. Uh, That's what it is. Solid state. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, cloud computing, interesting uh, concept these days with, you know, uh, essentially it's kind of the, it, it sort of was, uh, I guess, when you were on a workstation or, I don't know, a terminal of a, of a where the terminal essentially just... A headless connect- terminal. Right. It connected to the server, and the server did all the um, all the processing and computation and housed all the data and the programs and applications. And that's, I guess that's kind of the precursor to the cloud. It's just it, the terminal was wired to the server at that time. Right. And now it's wireless or remote. Well, the cloud is just the internet except more of it. I mean, it's just servers specifically for holding data rather than serving porn websites or sending spam or something. But also there's dedicated, like your company can have a cloud service where there's a dedicated cloud, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a resource that is on call or or accessible. uh, Well, I, I tell you what the cloud really is. It's renting servers rather than owning them. Right. You just, you have no control over the but hardware. You don't even know exactly where the server is. You just have some space somewhere. And it's it's, it's so undefined that, uh, let's just call it a cloud, why not? Yeah, I, I kind of had a little bit of a, um, just gap in my understanding. I probably, I, obviously I still do, but uh, I learned today, like for example, uh, a company that, there would be a cloud computing company that owns, like you said, owns the servers and provides them as a service to other companies. Um, and the other company, for example, like uh, might just not want to have to build out and construct and purchase and build a data center and operate it at all times when they only need it for a fixed amount of time or a variable amount of time. One such great example would be like um, DoorDash, like say the delivery food company. Uh, 87% of the time they have a very low like uh, load, like demand. But right during peak times, they need a very high capacity. So the cloud company knows, oh, you know, at Saturday night at 9 o'clock, uh, we need to be able to provide, like, a lot of resources to DoorDash. Um, so they ramp up. And then when they're, you know, not busy, they ramp down. And then, the, you know, so they don't have to... Essentially, it's kind of like on-demand computing yeah i mean the the first the first instance that i can think of where it was commercially used would probably be something like world of warcraft or other mmos where you had millions of people who would be playing a game and blizzard the company didn't own a huge bank of servers in one of their warehouses that they would maintain they would rent that server space from another company and a lot of a lot of online gaming services do the same thing. You know, EA, BioWare, these companies that do a lot of online gaming, they don't own the physical hardware. They rent that from from these other companies. 
Do you um, do you think the um, United Federation of Planets uh, has their own servers or uh, or they do, they, the do they rent them from Free Cloud? They have a true <laughs> masterful segue. Masterful segue. Speaking of uh, <laughs> you know s- games and and spam and and whatever, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Free, free Cloud. cloud. <laughs> yeah. A, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Wrong in Star Trek. Wrong franchise. But I think you describe it. I mean, it is. It was pretty wretched. I don't know. There wasn't enough killing. What well, about, what actually, about the scum, though? actually, at the end, there was quite a bit of killing. But anyway, the bejazel lady was a little uh, creepy to me. Like, that <laughs> she had a weird name too. Well, it always. Bejazel. I'm sorry, but that name makes me just think of Bejazel. Oh, it made me think of the Bedazzler, like the thing that, you know, puts like rhinestones on your uh, jeans or whatever. Yeah. Well, the Bejazzler is similar to that, except except take the jeans away. Yeah. Not on your jeans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But. uh, Let me uh, Google that uh, real quick. What, Bejazzel? Should we talk about kind of what we're doing with the with our format or should we just go into it well let's just announce that uh we're going to talk about a specific topic for a little while now yeah the rest of the podcast will pretty much be we we uh we wanted to talk about picard uh kind of focusing on the on the new series but also tangentially how it affects or, or how it interacts with the character of picard and other uh star trek series in the more in the tng era i would say but just to you know cya or coa cover our asses i guess anyway um (laughs) since since there is a current show called picard out that will mention uh spoiler warning yes if you have I don't think we're going to break things down by episode or anything like that, but we'll talk about it, and it could be spoilery. There will be. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk something about what happened this coming week, which will be massive spoilers in, in a yep. manner of speaking. So, yeah, if you haven't seen uh, any of Picard, or especially if you haven't seen the last the last episode, just know we're going to be talking about. And if you haven't seen stuff. the entirety of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Then I'm ashamed of you. Then, then you get no spoilers because that's been out for what twenty, thirty years now. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it came out in like it came out in the late eighties. Eighty-seven. Yeah, so thirty some odd years now. Just remember the cleft in Riker's chin and the, uh, um, spandex. uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) You're right. Yes. Exactly. Okay, where do we begin? Um, so, in looking at, because um, uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing is at the end of our of our little talk, we'll do uh, just a short, a short bit of trivia that I've put together for uh, Jamie and Jesse uh, concerning uh, Picard. But in that, I did do some research about. Um, the show itself and various themes that kind of go into that. So um, for me, I think what was interesting was just the fact that um, that Patrick Stewart had been approached 
maybe a year before they settled on Picard to do a reboot of the series. Or not a reboot. What am I talking about? A continuation. To do a continuation of that character. And originally, and I think they talk about this also in the first episode of... um, Oh, what's the after show? The Ready Room. The The Ready Ready Room, Room. yeah. In the first episode of The Ready Room, where... uh, he he basically said that he didn't really feel that there was anything more to add to that character. Um, and so he, he politely refused. Um, and then at that, at the, at the same moment that that was happening, they bought, they brought in the current producer and like showrunner director who like came in at, at the, at the, they brought him in and then Patrick Stewart said, no, I'm not interested. So he was like, well, let me take another crack at this basically. <laughs> well, in the ready room, uh, the ready room being the, um, the show after the episode hosted by Will Wheaton, which yeah. is a, I guess a little bit of a recap, a little bit of a, just a fan kind service of like type an of introspective yeah. look. But uh, I think he, t- uh, I don't remember the names of the, people to put this sh- the show together but uh he he, he did uh that one guy did tell the story Br- brama or brant kenneth uh, kenneth uh. brama <laughs> <laughs> sorry no not him uh he directed the thor movie i think but um a- among others but uh the i think he was the executive producer or something like that and he told the story about talking with picard or sorry talking <laughs> alex <laughs> alex kurtzman kurtzman talking with uh, patrick stewart like you say josh about you know, they approached. Uh, he was approached, but he wasn't at all interested. But they 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 took the time to put together, uh, s- uh, like a a draft or something, uh, that 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 took the story in a direction, uh, that you know that played off of the uh, the Borg situ- situation and Picard's age and a few other things. And they I guess they eventually took it to him and they they they, they caught his interest. Yeah, because it's happened. Yeah, and so I just I found that I found that kind of interesting. Uh, I I um, I didn't realize how many connections there were from this series to past series in little Easter eggs. You know, the fact that Bruce Maddox was someone that had appeared in TNG. Oh, one of the best episodes, um, the measure measure of, measure of a man, man. Yeah, where he, uh, Data was put on trial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, just, you know, different things like that, which, you know, kind of looking up that stuff really deepens some of the some of the undertones and relationships that you see in these first four, five, five, first five episodes. So um, it's uh, I guess we have a large enough sample to have formed opinion, but. Uh, what do you guys think of the treatment of Picard's character, uh, his plot arc, his, I guess, I don't know what you'd say, his intervening storyline from previous, since the previous uh, Next Generation movies till now, which has sort of been addressed in the show? Well, I like that the show didn't retcon much of anything, really. Uh, I mean, it takes pl- it, it it includes the events through the next generation movies, the last of which was Nemesis, uh, during which the the Enterprise fights the 
uh, I think they're technically Remans. Is that right? The sister planet to Romulus? Whatever. doesn't matter. It's all about Romulans, and there's a big battle, and Data is killed, and all these things happen. And the, the Picard show takes place, what, like, was it 25, 35 years later? Something like that? Yeah. And it, it references the events that happened in those in the in the in the, in the movie in the movies and the in the series and it doesn't seem to have rewritten any history not that i can tell so far um no in fact i like how it even incorporates the whole split in the timelines between the current timeline and I think it's known as the Kelvin timeline or Oh mm-hmm. right with the JJ Abrams Star Trek movies which the the first of which there's this um uh what the like the sun in the in the Romulan solar system goes supernova. Yeah. And in the, in the, in those movies Spock takes his ship to try and save to try to prevent that or whatever but you know fails and and the so is sent back in time and the, thus those movies are then a separate timeline like you say the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. But the P- Picard takes place in whatever they call the main timeline, but that that supernova did happen. Right. That's a central. That's one of the central plot points of what happened. What what transpired between the last movie and the start of the show, it was those things. So yeah, I mean, I like how they stayed true to the material and didn't try to reinvent anything. One of the things that I really appreciate that they did with with Picard was his character, especially nearing the end of the TNG series had kind of a kind of an untouchable nature about him in the sense that he was always kind of the stalwart, you know, kind of good guy. Paragon. Paragon. Um, very stubborn, but stubborn, but, but always right, almost. And they've taken that and they've kind of shown what happens if you go too far with that, you know, the fact that a lot of the characters that he's run into now, he has sorely disappointed or left behind because Starfleet for, for once really went up against what he thought was right. And he did what we would expect Picard to do, which was say, fine, then if you're not going to do it, then you can accept my resignation. And they said, and they called his bluff. And then he just stopped and and kind of gave up and and because of that has you see the effect of that through all the characters that he includes with him i really like that treatment yeah i i agree with particularly with what you said uh describing his character and how how he came to be where he's at right now i'm just not sure That um, I understand. I, I understand that the reason they, the goal of the show, it seems, was to create one of these. It's kind of what a lot of shows are doing nowadays. Is the show is a mystery or a, what do they call it, a puzzle box, and you're supposed to sort of not be sure what's happening, and they reveal it right. a little bit at a time, as opposed to past sort of ways they would do these shows, where there was a. Um, loosely connected sort of episodic nature to the show and so they start with the premise of we need a high concept and we have to write the story in a way that it draws people in and 
and leaves them with cliffhangers here and there and and they're trying to theorize and do what they do on the internet and do chat rooms and and uh reddit pages and and theory crafting and for that reason i think is some of the reasons they had to make to write the the character and his backstory in certain ways because if i i mean the picard i knew from the next generation and, and even from this show is that i don't think once he left starfleet that he would have just gone back to france and made grapes like it seems like he would have taken up with his friend the other starfleet officer and gone back to the romulans and R- and tried to carry the torch or uh is it Rafty? Rafi, yeah. And, re- and go, you know, rescue the, you know, to try to just do something else and not just, yes, give up, give up with Starfleet, but, but go on in some other fashion. Maybe. I don't know. That's just me. Well, another way that in which the Picard show stays true to the original, to, to the Next Generation series is the last, I mean, the, the ending of that series featured, uh, uh, a, a, a version of the future in which Picard, as an old man, went back to his uh, vineyard and tended his grapes. Oh, yes. Whatever. And it's it's basically what happens here. Oh, um, yes. All good things. Right. Um, I mean, I suppose in one regard, it's a little bit disappointing because the at the end of the Next Generation series, it was sort of alluded to that, well, the future is uncertain, so the, that future w- wasn't written. And so it could, you know, his future could be anything. But uh, even though things, you know, are are different than it, this, it, they are, they, they aren't exactly the same as they were in the in the series finale. Uh, you know, it, th- there are similarities. I mean, he went back to his vineyard as an old man to tend his his vines. Um, yeah, although there there seemed to be kind of a tone throughout TNG. Um, which, if for whatever reason, um, anyone doesn't know that ref, it's the next generation. Star Trek, gen- the next generation. That's what we mean when we say TNG. But throughout that throughout that series, there seemed Picard as a character seemed to have a great uh, kind of a kind of a sense of tradition about him. Um, you know, he very much revered uh, his his family and the legacy of his family. You know, he and his he and his brother were raised tending the the grapes in the vineyard, and I wonder if there was a part of him that felt a responsibility to do that to some degree at his retirement. Well, there's several episodes in the series where, especially after um, the best of both worlds happens, where it becomes a Borg. Yeah. Where uh, we, that's when we start. Uh, there's a, after that point. There's like two or three episodes where we get some glimpses into his his past and uh he, he actually set aside his family legacy and went into space rather than stay on earth and, and tend the vines like his older brother did or oh, older brother yeah older brother yeah um and so a- after the incident with the borg he goes back to earth to you know to try to connect to his his roots and i think from that point on he's a little bit more grounded and, and thinks back to that and then there's um which movie was it? Was it was it Nemesis? Where he learns of uh, the death. I think it was the death of his older brother and his nephew. His nephew. Um, oh, 
Remy? Remy? Reg, yeah. Rem, I think you it know. is Remy. Uh, that really affects him. I, I honestly, I forget if that was Nemesis when that happened or if that was Insurrection. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was probably Nemesis, though. Um, where, you know, he, you know, that's you know, basically his past is, is cut away. And so he, it's gone now. And it sort of leaves him a little bit empty. Yeah. If I remember correctly, there's, there's a brief moment where he kind of regrets not having children to continue. Well, in that movie, but also in at least, at least one of the episodes of the series. Yeah. There's a few moments where. I mean, he's presented as a character that really doesn't like children. Right. But on a few occasions, he does sort of reminisce and think about what it would have been like to have chosen a different path in life. Yeah. I think it. um, maybe the children think... I think one of the reasons he didn't like children was more that he didn't think they belonged on starships, maybe. I think. It's possible. I mean, it's interesting how, you know... (laughs) Picard Day was like the day, right. one of the days that he hated the most. Well, he, I think he sort of pretended to hate it almost. Like he didn't want to present an appearance of interesting. I think, but I could be wrong about I that. I mean, it would make sense in a in a way because in his, I don't know if if it's his vault necessarily, but in his, that is the archive, the archive in the Picard archive, that sign is one of the things that he kept. Well, one of the things that's it's it's not like uh, the Next Generation series went on for seven seasons, and back then things weren't as explicit necessarily as they are now. Each episode was sort of self-contained, but there was you could tell if you watched the, all the seasons as they progressed, there was some character development. Yeah, from the main cast and Picard started out as this this is this re- as this really like stiff kind of gruff stuffy. Right. He, 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 he on the first day he met his first officer Riker. Uh, basically told him to keep kids away from him because he couldn't deal with them, and then and like towards the end of the series, there's a there's an episode where there's this um, catastrophe that affects the ship, and Picard is stuck with these three kids, right? Um, and he has to rescue you know rescue them, and that that went you know well. So he, he basically softened over those 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 years, and 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 then you eventually see him with um, man, I can never remember the names of these characters, but the the Romulan who is with him now in Picard you see him in episode I think it's episode three um, where he uh, you know he's essentially kind of caring for this orphan boy and is a father figure to him in a sense he's fencing with him he's reading stories to him that sort of thing and really has a kind of a parental love for for him or at least a sense of responsibility because he, he failed him just like he, he feels he failed all Romulans. Yeah, but I mean, he 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 took time to engage with him in a way that we'd never seen Picard gauge with, engage with children before. You know, kind of playing with him, interacting True. with him, hugging him and in, in a in, in a in a way where he like hugged back, not having children hug him and him just kind of stand there, which is what we saw a couple times throughout the series right yeah. the version of picard we're seeing in this show is a mellower more uh, experienced um version of picard yeah I, I, there's a part of me that wonders just if if starfleet rejecting to help the romulans after the 
um, synth attack on Mars broke him because he's supposed to be in his 90s in this series. Right. And so that would have happened, what, 15 years ago? So he would have been like, what, 75? Yeah. So, you know, you have to imagine at that point, it it could just be that 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 he reached a point where it kind of broke him and he he said, fine, I'm going to, you know, I've given my life to this cause, this organization, this ideal, and they've turned their back on me, so now I turn my back on them kind of a thing. I don't know. Well, the Federation did some things. That, I mean, Picard reached a point where I think he sort of bought into what everybody else bought into and in that basically Picard represented the Federation. Like he, right. he was the Federation. He was what the Federation was was supposed to be. And then all these things happened at once or, or in a close proximity with the supernova near Romulus and the attack of, uh, on, on Mars. And the Federation, instead of holding to its ideals, you know, became uh, you know, afraid and pulled back and more, was more conservative. And, you know, this was just, you know, a, a betrayal in Picard's mind, I think, of everything that he'd spent his life you know, pursuing. And so I think, you know, that hurt him so much that he would just withdrew from the world or the universe. That's one of the things I like about the show, too, is what is how the Federation is portrayed. Because in the in the series, you you would always have a person within the Federation that would be acting in a way that was against what Picard thought. And that person would eventually be, you know, found out by the Federation and punished, that sort of thing. Or, or swayed, or he'd convince them. Right. I mean, it, it, or he'd influence them in some way. But what you're seeing now is the Federation is much more of what you would expect a intergalactic, <laughs> majority human-led, you know, bureaucracy to to be, which is uh, a lot of different people looking out for themselves um, and thinking in a very pragmatic fashion with a little bit of corruption sprinkled in well that's always been there uh, in the federation there's on several occasions i can think of at least one episode in the next generation series and then one movie the, the focusing around this idea that uh, of some corrupt starfleet uh higher up you know you know just not not following the ideals of of of, of the organization and picard being there to deal with it successfully in the end what about you jesse though what i mean you you talked about it briefly what 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 do you think about the way that they've portrayed picard as a character um i don't know i guess um i i think they're the i like the way the series i'm enjoying the series and largely i like uh picard as a character i like the idea of his character from TNG. Um, I was a little, like I said, I was a little disillusioned that they just said, oh, he just kind of went away and gave up, kind of. A little bit of the uh, Luke Skywalker from yeah. The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, but and I'm also a little bit, I don't know what they're doing as far as, like, they've almost given him a comic element at points of the series, like, with the away mission uh, kind of episode, the most recent one. Um, you and he does that 
very yeah. outrageous Acting French accents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw that as a bit of a throwback because the the series doesn't hasn't had too many comedic elements to it. True. But uh, the ne- the Next Generation series had a, a pretty good sprinkling of comedy in it. Oh yeah, it was sort of a, a sort of a kitschy, tacky kind of like production level. Uh, um, but uh, they they've also betrayed his character a little bit in uh, just a little bit. I mean, I think it's just a limitation of the writing. Like they've spent a lot of money on this show, like on the technical elements. Um. I don't think they've gone out of their way to find the best writing talent, like truly passionate, like kind of this is one of the similar criticisms people have with Star Wars, the most recent Star Wars movies is it's not necessarily the very top tier of talent. Like they could, they could name their price or, or just name any, you know, put any price out there to get any level of t- talent they wanted to be on the show. Um, there's not like, Oh, we can't pay that guy. Like that's too much. This is a, this is a flagpole, or tentpole like production. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of. This is kind of. I feel like this is kind of a make it or break it for CBS All Access. I th- yeah, I think. I mean, I think the show's good enough to make it, and it's good. I enjoy it. Like I said, I just think there's a few hitches where it's kind of. A little bit clunky writing, uh, like the, um, for example, the character Rafi. Uh, did she have to be a drug addict, or is that just sort of extra? Like, I mean, yes, she uh, sort of disappointed her family with her, like, can she's a conspiracy, well, so, quote air quotes conspiracy theorist and uh and dishonorably presumably dishonorably discharged and and disappointed her family let her family down uh was sort of uh shunned by her son and his wife and uh um her friends she has no friends except for you know and, and picard was her one friend who also ignored her for 14 years or whatever um so I just think I don't know. There's just a little bit in seven of like spoiler again. I, we've talked about this, but seven of nine uh, is in this show. Um, the whole interaction, like the whole sort of away mission, was a little bit of a. Um, I had kind of an Ocean's Eleven kind of vibe, like oh, we got the person that's going to be monitoring the whole thing, and then everybody's playing a role, and like we're acting or we're, you know, scamming and. And then uh, we're going to get revenge on your old, uh, you know, this person that, that you owe, like, a payback to. And and then it was kind of just like a convoluted, like, she got away, but then she went back. And then, I, I don't know, it was, I think just, the, it's just a little bit clunky. I am enjoying the show and the, um, I'm just not sure where they're going with Picard. Like, what's. What's the end game? Yeah. I guess for Star Trek, like, this is better than, for me, this is better than Discovery. Um, Discovery is more, definitely more of like a generic, like, sci-fi kind of show. Like, it just happens to be shoehorned into, like, the Star Trek universe, kind of. Um, This show is more Star Trek DNA to me. I'm kind of hoping that if they do a third, like, another subsequent series... 
that it has more of the TOS and TNG sort of just episodic like theme of the week uh, where, you know, something that happened last week happened in this universe, but doesn't necessarily directly tie together with what happens in this week's episode um, where it's just more of like a aspirational uh, Starfleet, get back to Starfleet and the Federation being a exploratory and a peaceful and uh, kind of a society and utopia and, and more of kind of what the original thing felt like where military encounters and were more exception than the rule and only happened as sort of consequences of exploration, I guess. Well, I don't see that happening. Um, for the main thing that shows these days, any show tends to have uh, more of a storyline aspect to it throughout the season, and then the season ends with a not not fully completed wrap-up so that it k- keeps your interest for the next season. Uh, I mean, I, I do like... I, 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 every, ever since um, Star Trek Voyager finished, the last of the Next Generation series, you know, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and then Voyager, I've been wanting them to do another Star Trek series that was basically the same sort of things. Like, here's this week's episode. Oh, I missed last week's episode. Oh, it doesn't really matter. This one is its own self-contained thing for the most part. And all we've had since then has been, they've gone back in time to... They had the Enterprise show, which was even further back in time than the original series, and uh, then they then the, then the newer mo- movies you know, where they re- re- redid the, sto- the the timeline, which you know that's not gr- great, I, not not ideal in my mind, and then Discovery, which is uh, the original series era again, but still but but different and not really Star Trekky in its feeling. I, I mean, I think what's happened is. After Lost, the TV show, the way the TV shows were written uh, changed quite a bit. Because Lost was so huge, especially its first four seasons or so. And the whole thing about Lost was it was not an it was not an episode of the week sort of show. Everything was intertwined. And there were meanings upon meanings, and like you were talking about Jesse the Mystery Box. And after that, unless it was reality TV, um, then you had much more shows that were in that vein than anything else. And I, I mean, I, I, I agree that you know, I, I miss, and I think, I think one of the reasons why uh, a show like um, The Mandalorian did as well as it did is that it seemed to kind of interweave the two. You yeah. know, there there is an overall theme. There is an overall story arc. And there are moments of like, what is that? What does that mean? But there was kind of an episode of the week feel to it where there'd be there'd be a there'd be an in, there'd be a plot that was to that specific episode. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they're uh, I don't want to get the wrong impression. I'm really enjoying the show and I'm sure watching as soon as it comes out i mean i consider but i think that it's a show that mostly is going to be viewed and appreciated by a somewhat narrow group of hardcore trekkies and those who are thin-skinned enough not to you know 
be offended not not be offended but like go well this isn't my kind of trek so i'm out like it has to be you know a certain subset of trekkies whereas the alternative like you said the mandalorian if they did something more like that where it was more of a uh just this week's challenge this week's theme uh and it wasn't a um you have to really get ramped up and into the you know full plot to understand what's happening i think you can have individual like more casual people watching it uh and the mandalorian for example uh some of the episodes are probably rated you know in a like if you go into imdb you probably say like oh it's a 9.6 or a 9.4 or something like that whereas maybe one of them's like a 7.9 or an 8.7 you know right. so there's kind of a range yeah where when you have a show that every episode you have to build off of all the pr- prior episodes you can't really deviate too much from the full whatever the season is the season's an eight the show every show's an eight like there's not really the ability to have standout episodes and build a um, sort of a general audience, like a cultural movement, I guess. Well, I think the purposes of The Mandalorian versus Picard are different. I mean, uh, to me, The Mandalorian was about giving uh, different uh, directors a chance to, you know, um, sort of give their take on the, the Star Wars universe. I mean, each episode, yeah, there was a plot, wasn't a super super strong plot it was i watched the episodes mostly just to get to more more star wars universe without uh some of the without the fast pace and some of the politics that go into the movies um the mandalorian was more of a slow pace and just a chance to sort of enjoy the the universe of star wars there was not enough senate debates (laughs) for me right personally but i mean uh all the Mandalorian has to do is just have some Star Wars in it without, uh, w- w- with an effort to stay true to, uh, well, in my opinion, uh, stay true to the source material, which is the original trilogy. Right. Um, and then just not deviate too far from that, not not get crazy with, you know, new things and and uh, lousy CG and, and blah, 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 blah. Whereas uh, Picard... Is not I, I don't think it has that as priority. It, Picard is about the character of Picard and uh, continuing his story. It isn't about showing off so much the world of of you know, the future. Um, it's I mean, if it is, it, I mean, it, we, we get some glimpses. I mean, we we see how Starfleet has changed and and uh, and other things, but we're not. It isn't a, a whole lot of fan service like the Mandalorian was. Um. I mean, it, 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 there's some Easter eggs to you know, to those who have followed followed the series up to this point, for us to appreciate. But it's it's trying to be something new. It isn't really trying to just be more of you know, the, the best of what we've already seen. It's trying to be something new that stands on its own. Whether that's going to be successful or not, I think depends on how this series ends. Um, because if if you're going to make this this type of episodic content where you have to watch them all in sequence to follow what's going along. Then you have to have a, a good payoff at the end when you get to this series, the season finale. Season or series? Season. Okay. Because I, I think they've already confirmed there's going to be a second series. Uh, a second season? Season, series, season. Whatever. There's going to be more of it <laughs> once once they're done with the stuff they've done already. When I think of, se- when I think of series, I think of like 
Picard as the show. Whereas season, because I know internationally series means season in yeah. our yep. in our parlance. But. So season, I think there's going to be a season two. So when it how season season one ends, if it's going to be if it if it doesn't wrap things up and if it just leaves things as a massive cliffhanger, then I'm going to lose a lot of interest in it because hmm. I hate massive cliffhangers. It's okay to leave a few things unanswered. That's what the Mandalorian did. Mandalorian at the, at the last few minutes of the ep- last episode of season one uh, just raised a bunch of questions, whatever. I, I, but I don't consider that to be a massive cliffhanger. They, they sort of wrapped up the stuff they were doing in that season. Things were left unresolved, sure, but I'm not like on the edge of my seat. Like, I mean, I'll so you don't want to is John actually dead sort of moment. If they do one of those things where like, uh, I don't know, hypothetically, like somebody's pointing a phaser at Picard. And as they push, the, uh, as they pull the trigger, it goes to black. It goes to black, and you don't. <laughs> yeah, that would piss me off. Cause that's 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 stupid. Well, and that's also pretty cheap. That's a cheap way of. That's kind of a cheap cliffhanger where it's like, oh, you're gonna do that old move to try to get me to watch it again instead of just providing good writing, a good story where it's like, I want to see what happens next. Basically, yeah. If it's all gimmicky is uh, at the end of the season, then uh, I don't know. If, if I'm gonna be interested in continuing, uh, I mean, so far I'm 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 hooked, but they've got to keep things going to keep me hooked. Well, at some point, I at some point I would like to have some of what I don't want is for there just to be more and more questions asked about what's going on without any answers to the previous questions. For me, that's what I'd like to see, because you know, so far they've been building the world. And in building the world, a lot of questions have come up about, well, why did this happen? You know, what's going on with this? Who is this? You know, like, for instance, uh, spoiler alert, Soji being called the Destroyer. What's that about? The fact that um, the doctor that was, I guess... Has seen something terrible. (laughs) Yeah, the doctor who was uh, Bruce Maddox's lover knows or see has seen something terrible and therefore led to her killing him at the well, end of well, this most recent episode. Well, remember a few episodes ago before she wanted to go on this this voyage, uh, she was approached by that Starfleet officer who we know is actually a member of the Tal Shiar or, or was she a member of that secret, more secret? Or thing. is at least working mm-hmm. in conjunction. She, yeah, she... To believe she's working. Oh, that's she's right. The, she's the Vulcan... She's she's a Common, double agent of some kind. She's a Vulcan commandant. She's like very high up in in Star, Starfleet. Starfleet. Anyway, her 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 background's dubious, so it's possible that she told Doctor what's her name, Gerardi. Gerardi. Yeah, thank you. Uh, some stuff that scared her enough to kill her lover Maddox. Yeah. We, we don't know the nature of that yet. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty well implied though. Well, it could have been something else, but. Yeah, I mean, but who knows what she saw? Who knows what they showed her? Yeah. Was it, was it a bunch of lies, or was it actually the truth? I mean, well, I guess we'll... I, I bet that won't be revealed to the last episode, so... Yeah, and, you know, just what's the exact nature of the relationship between the two Romulans that are on the Well, they're the siblings, artifact. aren't they? They say that, but, man, do they seem intimate with each other. Yeah, it's kind of... It's a little bit of a... Um, what do you call it? Um well, the original Incestuous. movie was called. The original show was called Dangerous Liaisons or something like that. Or, uh, but then there was the show. What was it called? Um, it was a 
real popular movie with the young people. Oh, uh, not Dangerous our, Liaisons. It was. Um, um, it was in our. Oh uh, gosh. Our college years. Sarah, Magell, uh, yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller and. Um, yeah. Oh man. Oh, what was his name? Ryan Phillippe. Ryan Phillippe, yeah. Yeah. Um, like they were they were stepbrother and stepsister. Yeah, or exactly. It was the movie. Oh, Cruel Intentions. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the case it has of these a Cruel Rom- Intentions vibe. In the case does. of the Romulans, the uh, the wo- uh, the female or woman, whatever, is a higher rank than. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know that they're brother and sister, but whatever. They 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 call them. They 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 do. Uh, they do mention each other as being familial in some sense, but I don't know if that's. But she has more power. She's a higher rank and has more authority in in the Romulan Empire or whatever than he does. Yeah, but even so, she's kind of. And we come. May, we may come to find out that that's only uh, on paper. That like so somehow like oh, in like politics, he somehow has more yeah. more power uh, because, uh, and he's just you know oftentimes these things are uh, not spelled out. And you have to find them out as they're revealed. Like maybe he's just not revealing that he has connections or that he's really the one that's pulling the strings or, right. you know, something of that nature. Well, but we don't know. I mean, and as far as we know, she's the one that's that that is in trouble at this point because yeah. Do- Dodge uh, was destroyed under her watch, which is not what they want. They don't want her. They don't want Soji destroyed. Soji has some sort of information that they're trying to extract. They're trying to find out where they came from. Because they're basically like perfect androids. Yeah. Because they're biological, like they're flesh and blood, but they're androids, or at least, well, there's only one left apparently. Yeah. And they're, uh, apparently, they're trying to find out wh- where they came from. How were they, how were they made? So because there's a very, I mean, universe wide, apparently, there's a very xenophobic attitude towards synthetic beings. The, the show's only though going to reveal you know elements of this, you know, the full picture to us at, at a certain. Uh, pieces at a time and i guess we just for me i just have to hope that it brings to a satisfactory conclusion uh picard's i don't know his character arc and he's fulfilled yeah that's that's my hopes for the for the actual within the universe of the show my broader hopes are that that at some point they can create another star trek show that expands beyond the core Star Trek fan and becomes more of a cultural water cooler show. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I like Picard. Um, I think it's great. What I really, though, want, like I said before, is another Star Trek series that just is either set at the same time as Picard or even like maybe beyond that. Basically, the next next generation. What would be nice is if Picard set that up. I, I wouldn't mind that. So, Josh. Yes. Uh, You've prepared some trivia questions for us. I have. I have. Do we want to rustle up some Spanish flea I, for the background? Is this one of the questions? No. <laughs> it's just a... It's just a, a yes. A, no. No. Yes. A, no. <laughs> no. I don't know. It's a fun trivia song. I didn't know if we wanted to have that in the background, but I can go. I can just start. It's up to you. It's your trivia. All right. Um, give me some Spanish flea. How does that work? You're, you're the. You just. I, I don't have my. I don't have a means to do that. Point. Okay. Well, then Sorry. never mind. <laughs> okay. Someone just sing it. 
Um, oh, that's okay. You just did it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Way the, to go, Josh. <laughs> what is the show called? Uh, it uses that music. Is it the match game? Yeah, it's the match game. Oh, right? there's a ton of shows that use that music. Well, not that music, but music basically like that. Um, so anyway, uh, question number one. Locutus of Borg was the name of Jean-Luc when he was assimilated into the Borg Collective. The writers wanted a queen bee, in quotes, to speak for the collective, and rumor has it one reason they chose Picard was difficulty with contract negotiations with Patrick Stewart. How many appearances have there been of Locutus on both on screen, uh, both movies and TV? So how many times has Locutus appeared on screen counting both movies and TV. Hmm. All right, well. Okay, so I want to keep my answer or my deliberations internal cuz are we com- are we competing with each no, other? No, no, by no means. When, you, when you say times, do you mean episodes? Yes. Oh, okay, that's what I was wondering about. How too. many episodes and or movies was Locutus featured? So the question is, was there any episode in either DS9 or Voyager where there was a scene with the cutest in it? Hmm. I I honestly don't know. I can only think of the two TNG uh, two-part episode. or I think it was a two-part episode. And should we just give answers or should we talk it out? You and guys can talk it out. So there, there was the know. best of both worlds, part one and two. Right. Burr, 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 burr. But the question is, in, uh, did part one have you? Uh, yeah, part one did have Locutus in it at the very end, right? And then, of course, he was in part two. And then, did any other TNG episodes have a scene? A, a a brief, well, like a I, wonder it, I wonder if it counts. I wonder if it counts that he identified himself as Locutus of Borg and I Borg. Uh, no, that if that counted, then every 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 episode with Picard in it after that would count as well. Yeah. I don't think that counts. Now, in addition to those two episodes in the series, there was the first contact movie, the second next generation movie, uh, where there was a brief uh, flashback of him being Locutus. Well, so that's three we're up to. Okay. Well, I guess I'm comfortable with three, but you can go on to say whatever you want to say. Because hmm. I don't know. I don't know definitively of any other. Uh, See, I'm trying to remember if, um, if like in the season after best of both worlds if there was ever like a flashback that featured him briefly as being locutus um and we're only counting episodes where he was locutus not where he identified himself one correct this is a very where he where he was in the makeup and the costume so i can only yeah. think of three but I, I just feel like maybe there's more than that this is a v- I, i'm going three but this is a very deliberative uh tri- trivia <laughs> question well then has that wait has there been a scene like that in picard was Locutus in Picard yet? There was a scene no, I thought I was him as Locutus, but it turned out to be Echeb. Um Yeah, I'm 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 good with three. Mm, I feel like it's wrong, but I just can't think of what the fourth one would be. I have a feeling we're probably wrong also, but they're, they're we gonna go Oh wait a minute. No, no, there is an episode in DS nine uh flashback to uh to Wolf Wolf three five nine with Locutus in it. So I'm gonna say that's four. But then uh, I'm going to say four. Okay. And then just as a point of clarification before we go further, are we going to do all the questions and then the answers or question, answer, question, answer, or? We'll do all the questions and then we'll do the answers. Okay. So let's, so let's go on to the next question. So, then. Well, are we, I'm saying four. What are you saying? I'll just, 
I already said three, so uh, and I think you're right about Wolf 359, but we'll just move on. All right. Question number two. Keep your ears open for the clue on this next question. Among Jean-Luc's many roles in Starfleet, he was renowned as an ambassador. He notched many first contacts with previously unknown alien races, including notably the Borg. What other species richly explore? Or what other richly explored species was he the first con- the first to speak to? Oh, great! I'm not gonna be able to remember their names. Mm. I mean, there was that one uh, species that I think it was an offshoot of Romulan that basically thought he was God. Ugh. First. Who watches the Watchers? I think it was called. Um. Well, your uh, recall is better than mine. In Insurrection, uh, the third Star Trek, the Next Generation movie, I don't know if that counts as first contact, but he was he's hosting a diplomatic thing, and he has to learn the phrase the phrase of greeting to the... I don't know the name of the species, though. So uh, I'll try to... Do you want me to try and point you in the right direction? Yeah. Or do you just want to... Okay. Keep your ears open for the clue on this next question. Oh. Among Jean-Luc's hmm. many roles in Starfleet, he was renowned as an ambassador. He notched many first blah, 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 blah. What other richly explored species? Oh, okay. I, I got it. Was he the first to speak this to? Is a, this is a uh, Geeks Who Drink style it trivia is. question. Uh, it's the Ferengi. <laughs> oh, right. Back when they had those stupid whips and they were supposed to be the major threat of the series before they, they developed the Klingons into something better. Or the Romulans, perhaps. <laughs> Okay, question, is that, I'm assuming... Well, uh, apparently the answer is just the one species. So yes, if it's just the one species, Ferengi it is. So, uh, question number three. While the character of Data is seen only briefly in the series so far, and is dead in the current timeline, he casts a big shadow over the events in the show. Data was an android created by Dr. Noonien Noonien Soong, I think is how he's said. Yeah, that's right. Along with his brothers, B4 and Lore. Of the six data-like androids that Dr. Soon created, which number is data? He created six? Um, well, uh, I forgot. Th- I don't, didn't know there were six, but I, th- I thought data was, I thought data was third. I guess I would say third. Well, he was the second that Soon created. Well, no. Okay, fine. That's right. They retconned it because B4 would have been the first. Right. That's data thought I was going Data with. thought he was the second, though. Yeah, I didn't know there were six Sunian androids. Hmm. Not just six Sunian androids, but six Datas. Hmm. Six Datas. So we're not counting. We're not counting his mother, who turned out to be an android. Correct. Um, well, I don't know who came bef- before. Before it was before lore than Data. That's a profound question. But the thing is, I, I don't. I, apparently, there were six, and I can't think of what six are. I'm uh, saying three again. I'll say three too because I just can't think of what else it could be. Okay. Question number four, and the last question: The board seemed to play an important uh, role in the series, since Soji is sent to the artifact, a board cube disconnected from the collective by Bruce Maddox. The Borg were conceived to replace the Ferengi as the Federation's big dad, uh, big baddie, oh. in season two. They attempted to assimilate the human race by traveling back in time to Earth in order to prevent first contact. What was the year that first contact happened? Oh, I hate when questions are, Ooh, what's the year? Okay, um, I, I'm i not going to get this, but I'll 
get as close as I can. Uh, I want to say twenty one fifty nine. Well, okay. This, this was after there was a major war. It was twenty one something. I want to say twenty one, like twenty one twenty four or something like that. Okay. So shall we revisit? Shall we revisit? So Locutus aboard is seen a total of six times mm. on both the TV and the movies. I figured it was more than that. Um, one of the ones that I know that you forgot was it was Nemesis. Nemesis was the last yeah. movie. Was there a, a there was there was the one before that where Data was uh, hi- uh was kidnapped by the Borg Queen. Well, that was First Contact. Oh, that was First Contact. First okay. Contact was then, two, then and Nemesis. That. Was, okay, yeah. then that then you got that one. But yeah, the total is six times. Mm. Um, you were correct on number two. The Ferengi was the other notable. I mean, there were ton. They listed a whole, like the number, but the two most notable were the Borg and the Ferengi. I find it hilarious that the Ferengi were originally going to be the the main like <laughs> bad bad guys. guys of the series. Yeah, yeah. Did did they have any um, in the original appearances? Did they have any of the like money lo- hoarder characteristics? No, uh, but they had these lightning whips. I remember that, but which th- which they whipped underhand. <laughs> no, it was that was afterwards when they. That's were like a weird like. <laughs> why not just come up with a new f- a new speed? This is because they designed a bunch of costumes already, and I don't. Maybe maybe they maybe they were seen as maybe like they were seen as, uh, like seen as popular but not because they were scary so to speak i don't know yeah they weren't very scary um okay question number three concerning data of the six data like androids that dr soon created data as we know him was number five so what were the others then it didn't list them oh hmm i have to look look that one up um i I bet this goes into like the books or something like that that i haven't read quite quite possibly yeah um and then uh, question number four. The year that first contact happened was 2063. Ooh, that was really oh, cool. 20. oh, 2063. I just thought that was an interesting uh, question because we're only uh, 43 years away from first contact with the Vulcans. <laughs> well, before that happens, there has to be a, uh, another global war that wipes out a huge chunk of humanity. Yeah, and then we, we have to have the first warp drive built by the uh, farmer from... Uh, from Babe. From Babe. <laughs> but do you remember uh, the the first episode of uh, the Next Generation, or or maybe technically it was the second one where they were put on trial by Q for the first time. Mm-hmm. You remember that setting? Yes. Where those guys in those big bulky suits. Yes. With those guns. <laughs> that apparently I, I might be wrong in my timeline here, but I thought that the 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 setting of that was in between. Well, it was in between where we are now. And the uh, basically the, the creation <laughs> of the warp drive, <laughs> that was the that was the war and conflict that uh, that basically yeah that, that, that uh, eventually led Cochrane to do his thing uh, yeah and then led to the Federation yeah yeah good trivia Josh. So anyway yeah there was the uh, trivia I tried I tried to be I tried to give some hints on number two just because I figured that was kind of an esoteric question when it comes to first contacts but well now now technically in terms of first contact species 
I believe the answer is closer to like 35 or something. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, if you have any questions about that, you can go to the Air Rod Trek in this zone. You can go to at uh, Antimatter Hour on Twitter. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's more diplomatic than that, what I was going to say. I was going to say, if you have any problems with that, you can go to hell. You can go to hell and hunt. <laughs> so, yeah. Any uh, any last thoughts on on Picard or I think we're all in agreement that um, that overall it's a good show, good show that we're enjoying and and uh, think and 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 I think we would all say that we feel like there's that there's room to grow. Yeah, within the and show, simultaneously there's there there. Yes. As opposed to being no there there. No no there there. There is there's, there there. There's there's no there there. Wait, where's the there? There. Oh, it's over there? Yes. Oh. No, not over there. There. Oh. When will then be now? Soon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so join us next next week for another uh well another soon to be determined uh topic of discussion and yeah. trivia yep mm-hmm bye